What's up, everyone? Back for another episode of the Three Things Podcast. It's your host, Casey Lee, uh, www.coachcaseylee.com. Check it out. Uh, a lot of great written content, as well as all previous episodes of the Three Things Podcast, available on the website. Um, just launched some online coaching. If you're interested in online coaching and the services that Coach Casey Lee has to offer, please feel free to drop an inquiry on the website and uh, we can get the ball rolling on that. Super pumped to be joined today with my best friend yeah. in the whole world. This is huge. This is a massive episode. My dude, John Moljo, uh, quite literally has been a day one uh, ever since I started in the fitness industry. Shout out to SUNY Plattsburgh, upstate New York, real upstate New York. Um, met John, gosh, what, it was probably like in the jun my junior year, your senior year. And uh, we started the Plattsburgh Fitness Center together, um, where we literally thought we were these two cocky asshole trainers, um, thought we knew everything, we didn't know shit. Um, flash forward a decade, we still don't know shit, um, but maybe we're a little less cocky, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but John is awesome. He just moved into a new location of his business, Team Moljo Strength Conditioning, down in now Shrub Oak, New York. So if you are in, what part of New York is that, John? Is that, what it's, would you consider? It's Westchester County. Westchester County. Um, so if you're in the Westchester County area, hit him up, Team Moljo, Shrub Oak. Beautiful facility. Um, he just gave me the video tour I saw when it was just drywall. Um, it's amazing. Um, I'm super pumped to have John on the episode today. I'm going to let John give us the two minute elevator, I guess, long extended elevator introduction. And, uh, he'll tell you guys a little bit more about what he does. All right. Casey Lee, thank you for having me. So, um, not really much to follow up after that awesome introduction, but I am John Moljo. I am the owner of Team Moljo Strength and Conditioning, previously located in Putnam Valley, New York but currently located in Shrub Oak, which is in Westchester County. We're about uh, an hour north of New York City. We are an appointment-based training facility. We service student athletes, grades five and up, and adults. We offer group classes, small group training, and personal training. We have a team of eight here on staff, six coaches, a manager, uh, and a manager's assistant. And we are excited to get things started here 2018 in our brand new facility. This is day three? This is day three, yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. So one, one thing, in, and I, I don't really have any overlying themes whenever I do these episodes, but I, I think this is episode seven. Um, and I like to have just different concepts. I think everyone thinks this is just another fitness podcast, and I guess it probably is, but um, we've talked everything about behavioral change. Um, we have Bill Parisi on, we were talking about just his career vision. Um, Steve Leo did a great podcast on coaching last week. Um, and John, what I really wanted to dive in today is, and I've, I've heard you talk about this uh, when you did your lab fitness event here last fall, kind of the different stages of a personal trainer. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that because uh, I think that perspective is huge. Um, I don't really know a lot of the demographics as to who listens to this, but my guess is um, between our inner circle of, of followers and friends who are going to be listening to this, it's a lot of young trainers, um, you know, college students, and kind of even trainers that have been in the industry for five to eight years and are kind of getting stale or don't really know where they're looking to go or whatever it might be. 
Um, so hopefully my goal after the three things we cover here is to really help that demographic. So just keep that in mind. Um, as usual, three things. I've got them written on a piece of paper here. You don't know what I'm about to ask you. This is 100% candid. The little explicit button is on. So I'm sure John um, will have a couple F-bombs to, to let go here. Um, so if you're going to be offended by explicit words, you, know, you should probably just uh, push the pause button now. But John, are you ready for the three things? Send it. Let's go. Okay. So number one, this is something that I, I find fascinating. And I think you're probably one of the best I, I know who do this. Um, how do you build a sense of community in the fitness industry? Ooh, how do you build a sense? There's, well, there's, there's a bunch of different ways. Um, one, it starts, it absolutely, oh, phone's ringing. Sorry about that. Let me try and get this ringer shut. This right. is what happens when you, when you pull the owner of a business away. During the of the <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. You're good. Okay. So building a sense of community. Um, one, it absolutely starts with your relationship with all of your clients. Um, you know, there needs to be a genuine interest in your clients and, you know, in their goals, in their life, in, you know, things that's going on in their family's life. So, building community goes far beyond anything training related, it, you know, and, and I always think, and I know Casey, you read this book, but how to win friends and influence people really lays out solid principles about how to be an awesome people person and to really build the community. You know, you have to start with being a people person to one person and one person turns into two people, turns into three people, turns into a family, turns into a team that you maybe coach, um, you know, and I'm kind of just reflecting on how, how I've built uh, my community at Team Mojo, but it really started with the relationship you have with someone and how those relationships grow into different relationships and continuously having a genuine care and passion for the success of others. Um, you know, and people just want to be a part of that. People want to be a part of, a, of a, a group of people who ask them questions like, hey, how are you doing? How are your kids? Uh, people who smile at them, make, the, make them feel good about themselves. Um, you know, so just being the expectation that you have in other people, you want to be treated well, you want people to ask you questions about how things are going, you want people to make you feel significant, then you need to reciprocate that amongst anyone who comes into your small circle. And eventually that small circle, you know, turns into a medium sized circle and then a big sized circle. And then once you have that many people with that type of attitude, that type of culture, it just continues to grow and snowball on itself. Do you think, um, and this might be irrelevant, but do you think going from a smaller facility to a larger facility, is that, is that something that's on your radar to maintain kind of the same feel that you had in, in more of an intimate, smaller space versus where you're at now or? or yeah. What? So, and you know, that was definitely like a major concern, you know, so before relocating the facility, there were some things that made our facility what it was. One, it was that sense of community. So how do we maintain, you know, that sense of, of intimacy, that sense of that person-on-person -person relationship, that sense of, hey, like each instructor knows each member's name. And, you know, we, we, we did upsize a bit, but I still think that with eight people on staff, with uh, 150 members who kind of embody those core values that we have, then it's just going to kind of grow a little bit more. Um, you know, so our, our previous membership is just laying the foundation of the culture we're trying to create. And I think that culture is so strong right now that we're just constantly attracting more people who want to be a part of that. Um, but more importantly, 
And this kind of gets overlooked sometimes when, when building a culture, it's easy to identify the type of people that you want, but as your business grows and more people become involved, you know, there's going to be a time and place where there's someone who's not necessarily a good cultural fit. Um, you know, so being able to make the decision on, hey, this person isn't a good fit. This is going to cause some conflict. This is going to cause some discomfort. It's going to ruin kind of a, the cultural chemistry that we have. So being able to, to say no to people who aren't necessarily a good cultural fit is equally as important as identifying and keeping those who are um, a part of it. Wow, that's a really good answer. Um, that was awesome. Um, so I guess I'll just move on to the second thing. Fuck um, you. I didn't say an F-bomb that whole time. <laughs> no, that was, that was like really well. I was kind of weird. I mean, one little known fact, or not known, I don't think a lot of people know this, uh, but you graduated with the highest, highest GPA in, in the management major at SUNY Plattsburgh. I sure did. Yeah, not, so, not many people know that, but I make sure. I to yeah, I don't think. I mean, John was a year ahead of me, so I wasn't. My GPA, my lovely, whatever. I don't even remember what it was, but I wasn't there to compete with him. But John quite literally um, led the way uh, in our program at SUNY Plattsburgh. So it's fun talking business with this guy, and obviously he's been in all walks of life. Um, which leads me to the second question here, and listeners, this is great radio. Listeners aren't going to be able to see the air quotes I put around the word, but. What is the most important thing, air quotes around the word thing, a trainer can do or have as they enter the industry? Wow. A genuine interest in the success of others. Um, that, that's what I think. There's so much information out there. So like, you're not going to teach your clients something that they can't figure out in a quick Google search. And maybe that Google search won't provide them with the most legitimate piece of information. But ultimately at the end of the day, people can find out in five minutes, probably even fucking five seconds, you know, one to a million things that they can start to do in their life that are going to make them healthier, that are going to make them stronger and add value to their life. But there's no exchange for, a relationship with someone. There's no exchange for you to just greet somebody, make them feel comfortable, make them feel secure and make them feel significant, which is huge. And I think that's one of the biggest things people want. People want significance. And if you're able to give someone genuine significance, um, that's, that's huge, you know, and, and, and that's going to make people want to be, to be around you. And at the end of the day, you know, yeah, people want to make money. Money is the lifeline of your business, air quote, money. But where does money come from? Money comes from people. So the more people you surround yourself with, the better of an opportunity you are going to create a career for yourself, create an income that you can have a high quality of living. And as long as you continue to focus on providing significance and genuine uh, happiness for others, uh, it, it's just for me, that's what turned uh, a personal training business out of my car to now a 5,000 square foot facility with a team of seven other people, including myself, uh, seven other people with myself, eight total. Um, you know, and now the opportunity, I think, of a lifetime to not only keep all the members we had at our previous location for the most part, but to put us in a new community that's very close and you know, potentially impact another 100, 200, 300, maybe a thousand people over the next year, two years, three years, whatever it is, you know, so I'm very proud and, and, and happy to know that I can get up every single day. And, you know, that's what I get to do with my life. It's not me rushing out to see what certification I can get. It's not me, 
you know, rushing out to find out the latest, newest supplement that's going to help my clients lose weight. It's like, yeah, how was your day? How are you feeling today? What's going on this weekend? Um, you know, starting everything off with that because that's lacking big time in the industry. And I can't really speak on behalf of online coaching because I haven't done any of it, but I know it's huge. I know it's out there. And I think um, if someone learns how to add that sense of maintaining a relationship, that sense of person on person, making someone feel significant, then, you know, online coaching seems to be incredibly scalable. So whoever does that genius, um, that's awesome. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully coachkcd.com online coaching service can, um, I think, I think you're, if anyone's <laughs> going to do it, you're the fucking guy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we can be face to face right now. We're, we're about 300 miles apart. So, yeah. um, hopefully, hopefully that same idea can, can translate. Um, same question. So this is a two B. This isn't the third thing. This is two B question, different <laughs> content. Yeah, I know. So I, I've like done that and people actually call me out on that. They're like, you actually asked four things on that last episode. I'm like, it's my show. I can do whatever I want. Uh, make the fucking thank you for coming. Um, so what's the most important thing, air quotes again, around thing, whatever that is to you, um, that a business owner can have, and it doesn't necessarily need to be the owner of a fitness business, but as a business owner, what's the most important thing you can have? Credibility. Explain. I think, I think credibility is, is monstrous as a business owner. And I'm not necessarily wrapping my head around a business owner, um, because anyone can own a business, like go ahead and call, uh, God, what's that company that you can just go start a business easily and become a business owner. Um, come on, help me out here. The internet, the internet, but like there's, you know, there's any, you can go online and say, how do I start an S corp? How do I start an LLC? And like, by the end of the day, you could technically be a business owner according to the fucking IRS if you have a tax ID number. So, um, you know, you got to be mindful of like someone says they're a business owner, but what does that mean to you? You know, and that, and that, that can be skewed amongst several people. Um, in our industry, I think a business owner is someone who has credibility in multiple facets. Credibility in one, being a people person, someone who knows how to develop people, someone who knows how to develop relationships, harness those relationships, maintain those relationships, and, you know, amplify those relationships and continue to work on them because relationships do take work. You want them to continue to grow. Um, so in relationship building, you need to be credible in, you know, the exercise science and training people. So that comes from personal experience. If you're dealing with weight loss clients and you're a weight loss story yourself, I think that adds an incredible amount of value. Um, if you work with athletes, you should have been some type of athlete because I think the ability to empathize with athletes is huge to share in their struggles, to share in their successes. Um, you know, that's going to add a lot of credibility to you. Um, you know, in, in business in, in, in general, um, you know, you need to learn about profit centers. You need to learn about expenses. You need to learn about managing, scheduling, hiring, firing. You need credibility in those areas. Um, but also as, as a young coach, like I've got young coaches on staff and, you know, they're looking to build their book. They're looking to add clients into their schedule. So what do I do and how do I do this? And I'm like, well, look, you're going to get on the phone and you're going to feel really uncomfortable because I did that and that shit works. 
you know, and then like, you're not going to be good at it the first five, 10, maybe 20 times you do it. But like in a year, two years, because I see where you're going to be, you're going to be lights out at it and you're going to be awesome at it. And it's going to be easy. And it's just going to add value to the business. It's going to add value to your personal life and ultimately create wealth via income and wealth via relationships with others for you. You know, so credibility as uh, in retrospect of training, credibility in retrospect of the ins and outs of running a business um, and just being a people person, like that's, that's monstrous. You can't teach other people to create relationships if you have never done it yourself or if you fucking suck at it. If you're an asshole, no one wants to be around you and you can't teach other people to be nice. It just doesn't work that way, you know? So, and, and if you try doing it, like people will find out it's not going to be genuine and it'll only take you so far. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of people when they hear, oh, I want, you know, I want to be a business owner, so I need to be the best trainer ever. And, and I mean, yeah, that probably helps, but like you're saying, just being just how far does it takes you just being a good person in a person-to-person service-based industry. Yeah, I mean, that skill, hard to teach. If you have it, great, but you can develop it. And I think that's- Legal Zoom. It was legal Zoom. If you're looking to be a business owner, go on Legal Zoom. <laughs> That was killing you, wasn't it? It was. It really was. Because that's how I started, like, all three of my businesses. So. <laughs> I might not know these people yet. That's funny. Yeah, man, I think um, if you're a new personal trainer, if you've been in the industry, you know, three to five years and you're starting to feel like you might be questioning, you know, where your next step is, go rewind the last five minutes. Listen to what John said. This literally is a guy who trained people out of his car. Um, and then train people in the back room of an MMA studio, right? And then yeah, I've rented martial arts studios. I've rented dance studios. I've rented the recreational room of a church. Yeah. Um, I have been, you know, uh, part of my French, but you said this is explicit. I was like the fitness slut of like Westchester Putnam, like <laughs> anywhere I could be. No, so I was there in someone's living room, in someone's garage, at this place. Um, you know, Neil Snyder, who I'm sure will be on the show sooner than later, and also my, my partner in uh, the lab fitness consultants, you know, he's got this, this ongoing joke about how I was training people in like the back of pizza parlors. But, you know, any like if you're young and you're entering the industry, if you're not working with some with someone, um, then that hour or two hours or three hours should be spent about like generating ideas about how you can get yourself in front of more people, but also keep in mind, you don't need to chase the large masses right out of the gate. Like people want to go online and think they're going to be like a massive success overnight, like impact one person as well as you can. And that one person will turn into two. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot substitute for time. And if you want to build a business that's going to last for a long time, you got to get in the trenches and just fall in love with the journey. So that segues right into the third thing um, that I want to ask you here. What would you tell a trainer? Okay. Uh, looking to make the jump to an owner. Okay. Or maybe it's a trainer in a commercial gym looking to make the jump to um, being an IC in a facility, or maybe it's a person who is an IC looking to say, Hey, I can do this. Um, and they're looking to make a jump to a brick and mortar facility. What would you tell that person? So I would tell you a lot of things, um, but I'll kind of start with, you know, maybe touching base on what, what my experience was and when I knew 
I was ready. And, and a lot of things needed to be in place. Um, number one, if you're young and you're not married and you don't have kids and you still live at home, um, you are in prime shape to take a monstrous risk. And when I first opened my business, I, I met those qualifications. And, you know, I think that's a huge part of success. I see a lot of people entering the industry, um, but they're in their mid-30s, they're in their 40s, and they're married, and they have kids, and they've got all these priorities. Yeah, that shit's going to make it really tough to open up a successful business. Um, but if you've got time and you're young, like, that ship's going to fucking sail soon. So you really need to understand that time is ticking and, you know, use that as an opportunity and leverage to perhaps, you know, make a, a decision that'll turn out uh, to change the rest of your life. But um, all right, a couple things. Here we go. Number one, you need to be able to afford to open your own facility. And a lot of business owners don't want a lot of potential business owners don't want to discuss finances. So things you need to look at are, where are you going to open your new location? What's the rent of that new location going to be? What are your monthly expenses going to be like? Um, you know, so you, you, you've got utilities. What, what equipment are you going to purchase? So what is the initial investment you're going to make? And I could talk for the next 30 minutes about what's potentially included in that initial investment and what you should really keep an eye out for that you might not have expected. Um, but how much money is it going to take to open a facility and not only open a facility, but run the facility month to month. So perhaps your facility might cost you $50,000 to start up. I'm just using hypothetical numbers, but it costs you $5,000 a month to run. If it costs you $5,000 a month to run, you should be generating equal or greater that amount of money already as an independent contractor or corporate trainer. So when you open your doors, you know, you could pay your fucking bills because if you're not paying your bills right out of the gate, it's going to be very hard to train people and start to financially project how you're going to prospect, generate new clients. People don't just walk into your fucking door. That's not how it works. Um, if your business costs $50,000 um, in startup costs, equipment, your security deposit, your first month's rent, your permits, your fees, save that money and don't go open a business until you've save that amount of money or pretty damn close to it. Now there is going to be opportunities to take that, take out lines of credit, take out small business loans, explore them. But if you can start off as debt free as possible, that's huge. And you don't need to go incredibly big. Um, you could start to rent space somewhere and then save, 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 save. But you know, if you have $3,000 and you want to get into a project that over the next six months is going to cost you, you know, $70,000. I don't give a shit if you're opening up in the middle of New York City and 10,000 people are walking by a day. It does not guarantee that you are going to financially be safe and able to run your facility. So you need to take reasonable and affordable next steps. So that's the financial component of readiness to opening your own facility. Um, you know, outside of readiness, it's, you know, what's your willingness um, I've sacrificed home ownership twice to open facilities, but I was willing to make that sacrifice. Um, if you enjoy going out, if you enjoy only working, you know, five, six hours a day, if you don't enjoy doing like construction work, if you don't enjoy doing bookkeeping, if you don't enjoy, um, you know, having meetings with accountants, like if you don't like that stuff, you're not willing to do it, then you're not ready to be a business owner. 
Um, because once you sign your name to a lease, once you start paying payroll taxes and federal taxes, it goes way beyond the session. It goes way beyond the client. You know, you're, you have to face real consequences. You have to pay real money to real banks who will take away all your shit <laughs> if you don't. Um, and you got to be ready and willing to work long hour days. You know, there's days I work 14, 14 hours. And, you know, while I was running the Pup Valley location and building Shrub Oak, like my day would start at 530 and I wouldn't get home till 12, one o'clock. But I was willing to do that. Yes, I had to sacrifice my health and my personal workouts and nutrition, but I knew it was only temporary. I wasn't going to live there forever. And I was willing to make that sacrifice. A lot of people aren't willing to do that. You're not willing to give up a bar night Friday night um, and the 50, 60 bucks you might drop to save that every week for the next year to have yourself a few thousand dollars to put yourself in a better financial position. Um, and the last one is, you know, it's, you won't be able to see your friends as much as you might like to see your friends. If you're in a relationship, it's going to have, you know, it's going to take away time from your relationship. If you have family, it's going to take away time from your family. So you have to be willing to give up some other things temporarily and understanding it's not forever, but you have to be willing to give up other things temporarily to put all your focus in, into this endeavor. And if you can't put all of your focus into this endeavor and you don't have a, a group of people who are supportive of it, um, then it's going to be tough because if you have family and friends and you're in a relationship with people who aren't supportive of it, it's only going to make it harder and it might make you feel like you've resented a decision that you made. So yeah, you need to be ready for it, but so does everyone else that you maybe spend time with or maybe have obligations to. So financially be ready, you know, socially you need to be ready and, you know, just fucking work, man, work your fucking ass off and go get what's yours. You can do it. Anybody can do it, you know, just strategize and just get after it and don't take no for an answer and just don't quit. Like once you sign a lease or once you make the commitment to do it, if you just don't fucking quit, everything will work out. Yes, it might take more time. Yes, it might take more money. Yes, more people might get pissed off, but like fucking bury your head and work and work and work and work. And at the end of the day, like right now, I'm day three in my facility and I walk down these hallways and I'm like, yo, this was fucking worth it. It was worth every night where I only slept three or four hours. It was worth the crazy amount of money that it costed to kind of get the place up and running. It was worth the headaches. Like we had a fucking sprinkler blow up in this place. Like shit hit the fan, man. But you just can't quit. You just can't fucking quit. You got to work and go get what's yours. You want to make an impact on people. It ain't going to be easy. Excuse me while I go run through a wall real quick. Uh, that was like fired me up, man. Like I'm pretty pumped. Like I'm going back to my facility here in the next hour. I'm pretty pumped. Like, like uh, it sounds super cliche, but man, I'm pretty pumped to get on the training oh, floor. It's, like, it's, 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 it might be simple, but we have this, um, it's amongst our staff. And I know, I know some of our, our members are probably going to hear this podcast, but we've got this like mantra that we created at the end of last year. And it's, uh, it's SBAB, S-B-B. A, B. And I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but amongst our staff, at the end of the day, like we all want to be great. We all want to do things and we just have this limiting belief and fear. So, you know, SPAB in its simplest terms just cancels that all out and it stands for stop being a bitch. Like <laughs> you only live once. Like 
you know, like we'll, we'll be in workouts or someone will bring something to the table and it's just like spab. And now it's like, you're right. You're right. I need to stop being a bitch and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go hit that lift or I'm going to go prospect with this person. I'm going to go put myself out there. And if it doesn't work out, whatever, like you got to take nose, you got to take nose, you got to take nose, you got to take punches to the face, man. You got to know what it feels like, you know? And then for our student athletes, if they start to inquire about Sabab, I mean, start being a boss, you know? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Not being a bitch. So we're going to cater to both. But amongst our staff, like, you know, if you're having a bad fucking day, like, people come in here, we don't know if they're having a bad day. And this might be the only hour of happiness they get for the day, the week, the month. Like, I'm not going to radiate my fucking shit on them. Like, yeah, make their hour awesome. You know, and, and it ends up like when I focus on making their hour awesome, I have a pretty fucking awesome hour myself. It works out. That's awesome, man. Well, those answers are pretty awesome. Like I said in the beginning of this, before we started, I, I really hope that for every new trainer, person who's been in the industry five, eight, 10 years looking to maybe, you know, question what the next step might be. Um, hopefully John's answers here are what you needed. And if you, anyone had any interest in getting in touch with you, John, what's the best way for anyone to figure out how to get in contact with you stuff you're putting out, where should they go? You could, uh, you could shoot us an email, jmoljo at teammoljo.com. That's J M O L J O at team T E A M Moljo M O L J O.com. We've got our, our new phone number here. It's 914-743-1887. You could follow Team Moljo on Instagram, follow Team Moljo uh, on Facebook. Uh, I personally do not manage the social media accounts. Our manager, Nicole, does. Got to give her a shout out because she's awesome. Um, so you could shoot us a message there and, um, you know, reach out to me. If you've got any questions, uh, I'm, I'm always available with an email. Just give me maybe 24 hours to address it. I'm happy to shoot the shit. Happy to help empower some other people. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all here to help others become better, help others become more healthy, help others become more successful, help others become more significant. You know, so if you need a little help doing that, I'm down to ride. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure all that stuff gets in the show notes. John Moljo, um, my best Full friend. 2018, baby. Full <laughs> I'm going to go run through a wall right after this. Thank you, man, for taking the time. This will not be our last conversation. Thanks, guys.